we've been in a series on we've not gone this way before. And I'm going to stay in this series. But I'm going to cause you to go backwards. Um, we moved through Joshua just a little bit. And uh, I think there's some things that we need to understand because we all at one point in our life experience an opportunity and hear this. Each one of us experience an opportunity for change. But not everyone will experience change. Somewhere in your life, someone brought an opportunity for you to change. Some of you took it. Others rebuked it. Give you a chance there just to, to rewind in your mind where have I come from in life. How many of you are sitting in here this morning that wish you were at a different place? And if you, you better not raise your hand. <laughs> in life. How many, of, how many of you wish, I mean, do, do any of you have that in your mind? Does that ever play in your mind or in your heart that, man, if I would have only, then this is maybe where I could have. Don't get nervous. She gets nervous every time I walk over. If you go keep looking at me like it, I'm going to have to stay on that side. Then everybody else over here is going to be offended because I'm not even preaching to them. I'm preaching to them. That's why most people sit in the back. I won't let her sit in the back. I refuse. But everybody can replay in their mind somewhere in their life where they were offered an opportunity to change. Something. You fill in the blank. And you're looking at where you could have been today if only you would have done that then. And now we sit in a place of hoping that that change opportunity comes back around again. Oh, can I tell you, if you read the Bible, it's a, it's a very strong probability that it will come back around again, especially if it's in the will of God. Come on, you got to read about the Israelites. Maybe they walked that mountain 40 years. God was wanting them to change. It was in, it was, it was his, it was in his planner that they were going to change. And until he was able to get to them to get them to the point of actual change, he would take them around and around and present it and present it and present it and present it. Sooner or later, it's got to come to fruition. If God says it, won't he perform it? So I'm sure we've all sat there somewhere in our life and going, man, I know I have. I said, boy, if I'd have just met her in the beginning and just left the other ones alone, how much further? Well, never mind, y'all don't get that. Y'all just didn't live my life, that's why you don't get it. If you've got your Bibles, let's... 
Uh, yeah. Tommy, go ahead and start Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 34. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab. Now this is... <laughs> God had came to, Mo, to, came to Moses before this incident, and he actually told him to go to this mountain and die. Well, y'all don't believe me. Tell me back up a couple scriptures if you can. Let me just, I just want to make sure that they believe me. Go back into 32, Tommy. Chapter 32, and then go to 48. 48 through 50. 30, 32, 48 through 50. Well, let's, I'll, I'll read it. But I want you to see it, because I know you don't believe me. Jesus told Moses, go and die. I'm fixing to show you. Look at here. Give ear, oh heavens. <laughs> Tommy, 32:48. Well, everybody up here is rejoicing that they did not sit in Tommy's chair. They are saying, thank God. Then the Lord spoke to Moses that very same day, saying, go up to the mountain of Abram, Mount Nebo. This is, Mount Nebo is where God talks. Which is the land of Moab across from Jericho. View the land. <laughs> well, I ought to just preach right here for a minute. View the land of Canaan. In other words, go up here and look at what you're getting ready to miss which I give to the children of Israel as a possession. And die. That's what he's saying. And die on the mountain which you ascend. What? You ever had them conversations with God? Now, he might not have just told you to go up somewhere and die, but he probably told you to go sit down and shut up for a minute. Anybody ever had that conversation? If you haven't had that conversation, you just think you're holier than what you are, go to God and ask him and he'll tell you. Because there's a lot of times when we get to, and God's wanting us to shut up and listen. And sometimes he has to take us there. Okay, Tommy, go on back. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he, he being God, buried him. Man, there is such a good point here. 
he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows his grave to this day. If you, if you go to Israel, I've only gone there a couple of times, but I was never able to take the, well, I was able, I just didn't because I wasn't saved and I didn't care. Man, I'm talking to a holy crew. But going to Israel, they'll take you on these tours. Man, you, you can go see the possible tomb of Jesus and see the tomb of Jacob and but they'll never take you to a tomb of Moses. They don't even speculate. God buried him. I know where I'm going, so it gets me excited. All right, Tommy, we're done with that. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Y'all just hang on, I'll take you for a ride. Might be bumpy, but we'll get there. Joshua chapter 1, starting at verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. How'd you like to get that? After everything's been told to you, Moses has already told you that you're going to be the leader and you're going to have to take these people in. And now God's coming and saying, hey, Moses is dead. What you used to know and what you used to walk by isn't there anymore. It's dead. Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet. Now listen to this. I'm, he told him that Moses was dead. He's told him that everything that he has been led by for the past 40 years in the desert is now no longer. And then all of a sudden, God begins to pour promise into his spirit. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Past tense. You have to help your brother this morning. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said, there was a time. See, I'm just like that. I'm one of them people. There was a time that I actually preached with a baby in my arms, and she'll tell you. I picked the child up and carried around and preached. And that baby just as quiet, still. But every place that the sole of your foot, let me get on track, will tread upon you, or that you tread upon, I have given you. I've already given it to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward going down of the sun shall be your territory. He's telling him that everything is his. Everything is his. I love this part. No man. See, some of you got to get a hold to the promise. Because we, we walk out our life 
according to man. If man says you can't, you don't. If man says you won't, you don't. We walk out our life according and based on what man tells us, and he's saying no man shall be able to stand before you. Not today or not this week or not this month or not this year. Your life. where it gets hard okay this is where it gets hard most people will never experience that problem because they're unwilling to change they are so bound to the way they used to do it they are so captivated by how it has been done that they refuse to change. Do you not know that there was a big change for the Israelites? They had been used to following Moses and walking with Moses all this time. And they've been used to doing it Moses' way this whole time. Well, you know what? We'll just let Moses go on the mountain. We just go have our party as soon as he separates. Right? I mean, we'll get real stupid. We'll have orgies and dance around calves. And Moses comes down, he'll forgive us and everything will be fine. Moses will give us what we want. All we have to do is complain and murmur and Moses will turn up and he'll do. Come on, church. I mean, he went out and done the exact opposite of what God told him. That's why he's at this place now. Because he just got to the point of frustration of man that he went out and struck the rock instead of speaking to it. And God said, that's it, dude. You, you can't, you're not going to get this together. You're not going to get it right. So if you're not going to get it right, how am I going to let you walk into the land that I've already given you to possess? And you can't even get this right. You are refusing to change. We walk in Christianity every day refusing change. Oh, well, okay, I heard you. You'll change. You'll change with modifications. Anybody look at Facebook? Boy, that was a strong word if I ain't ever had one. Modifications allow us to change the things we want to. Modifications. We will modify We'll modify our rifles or our fishing rods to change the outcome because that's what. We'll modify our marriages to change what we want changed. That's all modification will allow you. It will allow you to change what you want 
to change. The problem with Christianity, it's not a life of modification. Christ didn't come to modify your life or to add to your life. Christ came to give you life and Christ came to give you a life of transformation. Transformation gives us the empowerment and the ability to change what we should change, not just change what we want to change. And this is why the Israelites find themselves in a place unable to take possession of what's already been given to them. I want to preach. Because we as Christian people have given up on the fact that God has given us a promise of possession. Because it doesn't turn out the way we want it to turn out. We've got everything in our life going this way, that way, and another way. And it takes our mind off of who God is. And then we become in a place of modification. Man, if, you, if all you're going to do is live out salvation in accordance with modification, you are being religious, my dear, and you'll never see heaven. Come. Okay, I'll pick on you this morning. I don't care. Some of you think that if you smoke a cigarette, they're going to die and go to hell. Modification. Some of you think that drinking a a beer or a a glass of wine is going to take you to hell. Modification. Some even think if you've got marks on your body, you're going to go to hell. Modification. Oh, come on. You don't want me this morning. Don't want me this morning. You can't listen to secular music. You can't wear shorts. Modification. These are the things that we as humans want to change. Because if I don't wear shorts and if I don't have marks and if I don't smoke and I don't and I don't and I don't, I'm closer to God. Wrong. If you don't have Jesus, you're not closer. The church better get away from itself for a moment. You better put aside your modifications for a little bit. And you better be willing to look at the transfer. The Bible says, be ye transformed, not modified. You're modified by law. You're You're transformed by the Spirit. This is why Moses, Moses was incapable of actually going into the promised land because of his modifications. Modified or transformed, Tommy, there's your title. We are so hung up in making others feel bad because we're willing to change something in their life that they're not. We say they're sinners and we're holy. But can I tell you, if you've got that arrogant attitude about yourself, you're a sinner. 
you better stop pointing your fingers at people. You are as bad, if not worse, than they are if you're constantly walking around trying to find the faults in people. Jesus put it this way. You worried about the splinter in somebody else's eye and you're not showing any attention to the plank in your own. I don't see how some of you walk. See, visually impaired. Oh, that's going to be a good sermon. Visually impaired. Huh? That's a, man, write that one down. That's a good That's a Holy Spirit given right there. Visually impaired. And we're going to talk about the plank in your eye. Visually impaired. Man, I love that. Can we just go to that scripture for a minute? See, y'all, now y'all know what happens up here when I'm up here trying to do what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. We'll never experience change if we don't learn to react properly. You know, we we were talking about a living off of the proceeded word out of God's mouth on Wednesday and not the preceded word of God. Don't you know if you're living off the preceded word and God convicted you of something and told you to change it and you changed it and then you went right out and you started throwing your convictions on other people because they are doing exactly what God convicted you not to do and you're calling them a sinner, by God, you didn't get delivered. You're not going to experience change. You're going to you're going to be just like Moses because you're going to keep bringing it back. Uh oh, you're going to keep bringing it back up. It's actually called false humility. It's probably called well. I'll leave that alone. I'm learning. Y'all just pray for the pastor. I'm learning to keep my mouth shut sometimes. And it's hard. It's hard. Hmm. If we aren't careful, we can find ourselves stuck in the midst of change. Cool. We begin living out the experiences. Wait, no, how did I put that? We begin living out our lives through our experiences and not our promises. Oh, boy. Let me go here for a minute. It's not that you'll never experience the promise. How many of you, okay, first of all, let me do it this way. Let's make this easy. Classroom, Sunday school. How many of you know that experience is different than possessing? Let me help you. I'm going to bring it right down here. It's going to be third grade level right here so that even I can understand it. It's right here. You can experience a lotus but never own it by riding in one that someone else owns. 
Oh, come on. You, you, can, experience, you can experience a million-dollar home by going to a friend's house, but you'll never own it. Look at the Israelites. In Deuteronomy, I think it was, probably Numbers. Yeah, probably Deuteronomy. Numbers. It was in Numbers. Where the Israelites were sent out to spy on the land. And what did Moses tell them? Moses picked one from each tribe sent them on their little happy way and told them to spy on the land. And he said, he said, whether it's good or bad, whether it's got it or it don't, bring back the fruits of the land. Read your Bible. He said, just bring back the fruits of the land. Good, bad, or indifferent, bring back the fruits. They go to the promised land. They find out surely this was a land because this is what they told Moses when they came back. Surely this is a land that flows with milk and honey. Here is some of its fruits. Remember, they put, the, they put the clusters of the grapes on a pole between the two. Boy, don't you know them are some big boys right there. Huh? I bet you they got drunk. I mean, it, they had them grapes for a while. I think they might have fermented on the way. You read the Bible however you want to read it. Maybe that's why Caleb and Joshua said, yeah, we can go. We can go. Uh, okay, okay, I'm playing. Y'all just don't know. Boy, up here, this thing goes wide open. I wish I could keep up sometime. But they bring back the fruits. Don't you know that, don't you know that the Israelites shared in that? Come on. If Moses was a good leader, and he was, he would probably try to woo them on the taste and the sight and the smell of the fruit so it would entice them and encourage them to go and... Some of you, God has passed by that smell right in front of your nose a couple times just to get you off the couch. They brought back the fruits. That song. I know that song was for me. How could we ever forget? I mean, how, how, can, you for, how can you forget? You've not seen anything like that in the wilderness at all. Nowhere. Even what God give you, you haven't seen anything like that. All you've seen was manna. And some water out of a rock. Some quail every once in a while. And you were happy with that. This is how some Christians live. This is not my notes. This is a free one, so you better write this one down. This is how some Christians live. As long as we can consider ourselves saved, we're happy. Oh, let me help you. 
as long as God, Miss Linda, as long as God will, will give us that fiery pillar during the night to keep us warm, or he'll give us that nice little cloud to give us some shade, drop us some manna every once in a while, and take care of our shoes, I'll be okay. I mean, it doesn't have to come. I don't have to live in it. Oh, because it, it, <laughs> it makes more sense to the immature mind that I don't have to work for anything. I don't have to do anything. I can just sit and I know that God, because he's good, he'll give me what I need. complacent I'm okay with just this little bit God has given you a promise to possess the land and you're okay with living on the outskirts oh you're still living under the provision of God good for you that's as far as you're going God had to wipe out a whole generation of hardheads so that he could bring the Israelites to fruition of the promise. Are you going to be one that's going to be wiped out? Are you okay with just coming to church on Sunday? Maybe Wednesday? Hear a little word? Maybe even somebody... Somebody might just mess up and speak in tongues and somebody might interpret. It, it might happen so we, we're content with that. Every once in a while, we're content. We don't want to live in it because if we live... Oh, man. Just blowing my mind up. Because if we live in it, it demands transformation. We don't mind changing according to... As long as it don't interfere with what I got going on next week. Right? Man, I've been planning this keg party for like six months. This thing's going to be off the hook. And the pastor calls us into a fast. <laughs> right? Right? Man, but I, I've already said, now, now surely God would understand. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm getting right up in your kitchen this morning. I hope you washed your dishes before you left the house. Because I'm, I'm seeing dirty dishes in the sink and everything. My house included. We've already made these plans. We're going to have the whole family over for dinner. We're going to eat some smoke. What? And the pastor caught into a fast starting today? <laughs> Surely he doesn't expect us. Come on, you, are you listening? Open your ears. Listen. Man, me and Charlie, man, I'm glad he, he stopped me this morning and talked me out there. You better listen. Because the Christian, the church, has become so out of order 
They'll never walk in a possession unless they're transformed. Because, see, we can't, oh, well, surely the pastor doesn't expect, it's not the pastor. Trust me, I like to eat. If you think I'm calling you into a fast so that I can mess your life up, you're wrong. It's messing my life up. But how we will receive that is, surely the pastor doesn't mean like starting like right now. I mean, he knows that we're going to have this dinner tonight. Surely God will be okay with it. Because God knows we've already planned it. Because we like to put God in our planner. We don't like being put in God's planner. Yeah, Greg, I didn't talk to you this morning because you're on the front row. Y'all with me? Am I boring you? We are so used to being modified We don't like transformation because modification, I can modify modification. We can modify the modify, Charlie. We take that 454, make it a 455. (laughs) We modify the modify so that it works in conjunction with how we feel at the moment, what we think at the moment, what we see at the moment. But transformation put this little desire in me to change the things I should. Now, I'm not saying that everything in your life is going to be changed. The apostle Paul had issues. He said, wretched man, that I do the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things that I should do. Every time I turn here, I go there. But does it mean that the desire left him? No. No. His desire was to become so much like Christ. Man, he wrote 13 of the epistles, and he wrote most of those in prison. And he didn't see, you, you, got, you got confused on that one. Some of you got a little twisted because I said he wanted to become so much like Christ. Listen to me. He wanted to become so much like Christ that he was willing to serve the body under any circumstance that he would ever set in. He was writing the epistles for the people. He wasn't writing them to glorify himself. Come on, man, if you, I'm telling you, if you don't get this stinking thinking out of your head, man, this is a strong word. What is wrong with us that we think Our modified behavior is going to take me into the glory land. By grace through faith, the Bible says. Not your works alone, lest you glory. Let me stay on, man, I don't know if this is a holiness sermon, but I'm telling you what, he's been all over holiness for a couple of months, several months. Guys, listen, gals, if, if we don't get on this train and ride with the engineer that has been assigned, if 
but I don't like this train. It don't have AC. I ain't got but one page of notes. There's many of us that are walking in our modified life that we have, our so-called Christian walk. We tell everybody we're Christian, but buddy, I'm going to tell you what, when priorities come and they're presented on plates, watch. You'll see what plate moves forward and what plate moves back. It's modified behavior. That doesn't get you saved, brother. System, got to be politically correct. Y'all, put, put everybody together right there. Y'all, right? We've walked with a modified behavior for so long, we've become content with it, and we think it's okay. It's okay until the time that God shows up and says, okay, look, go to that mountain and die. He's waiting on you. God, God didn't grab Moses by the hand and say, follow me. God said, Moses, go to that mountain and die. Boy, it sounds good, don't it? I mean, to think that God would say something like that out of his mouth? We're talking about a God of sovereignty, of justice. God said, listen, oh, oh, okay, fine. Moses, symbolic of what you're carrying. Now you with me? Now you with me? The thing that you carry that has become a modification in your life. You'll give him some on Sunday, but on Monday and Tuesday, well, I got the good stuff happening. I might give him some Wednesday, but on Thursday and Friday, no holds barred. We go get turned up up in here. You carry it in here. A modified spirit. No, that's called a self-righteous spirit. You don't like me this morning. God's saying, if you want to possess the land which I've already given you to possess, you have to be transformed. You can't... <laughs> now you know why that thing that you carry around is so heavy. Because it's Moses. You're carrying another man around inside of you and you don't even know it. Come on, I preached to myself this morning, preacher.
And he's saying, take your Moses to that mountain. Yeah. Surely God's not going to tell me to die. <laughs> God said we're to die to ourselves daily. We don't like it. It's painful. It's, it's pain, or it might cause us embarrassment. Okay, I'll tell you. Everybody in the in everybody in the club. They just letting filth out their mouth talking about some nonsense, and you right up in the middle. You scared to walk away because your Moses fears embarrassment or ridicule from those. That, come on, come on. Uh, Get out of the bathroom for a minute. Come in the living room. Let's talk. And he's telling us to take our Moses to that mountain and die. Listen to me. I'm almost done. I'm about this close. Moses takes off and decides I'm going to that mountain. He's already been told to go there and die. See, sometimes it's too late in your life to transform. Somebody, I've seen somebody put a post on the, on the Facebook, and it says something about uh, three things that we can't live without or something. I forgot what it was. And it, it was one thing, the words, the words spoken you never get back. Um, a couple other things. And there was one thing left out. And the Holy Spirit, I'm, see, y'all don't, I'm watching you. But it wasn't nobody in here, so relax. And I said, wait a minute. Oh, one, that's what it was, three things you never get back. And I wanted to add to the post, but I was, I was worried about hurting. I've done good. Ding. Okay. If y'all ain't been to marriage ministry, you don't understand that. But. And I wanted to put on there, you know. Now, there's four things. There's four things. And I don't know if it was that you do without. I, I don't forgot how the verbiage was. But I wanted to add to it. Jesus at the rapture. Can't call on him in. It's too late. See, want, wanting to transform in the end, it's too late. Wish I woulda. Wish I coulda. Wish I did, but I didn't. Oh, we're all about all this change, man. Amen, Pastor. Let's change for the kid. Amen, Pastor. And as soon as the pastor throws a challenge up, you get mad at me and run. Because I might run up to you and go, hey, don't be texting on your phone in church because it's a distraction to me. You're going to get mad at me. Hey, what, what's more important? The phone that you read on a daily or me? 
right now. What, what, what's more important? See, you get mad at me and leave. Because Charlie was so out of order. Man, we were talking, oh, man, we were talking some good stuff. Just talking about this other place that he used to go to, and a couple just didn't, they just didn't understand. They walked in some darkness in the, in the arena of speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. They, they walked in the area of darkness. See how well I've done? Ding! Are you doing that? Okay. I leave out of here, man. I play that back. I should hear like a telephone ringing when I get to the house, baby. Boom! <laughs> I'm excited. But he was talking about it. He said, man, the pastor would preach and, and teach on it. And, and they would interrupt him. In the midst of the teaching and the preaching about the speaking of tongues and all because they didn't agree or didn't understand. And Charlie hit it. He nailed right on the head. He said, it's the pastor's fault for not correcting him. And I said, you're right, buddy. But don't you know the pressure pastors walk under today in such a society that you owe me? Thanks be to God, Galatians rang in my head and said, am I here to please man or am I here to please? I said, freedom. Yes, you're going to be offended if you sit under the word of God. I don't care who's preaching it. If it's a word of God, you're going to get offended. If you're not getting offended, you might want to leave and question God on why you didn't get offended. Come on, church. But no, none of that stuff really matters. I just, I just go to church on Sunday. My life never changes. Don't know why. I'm, I have modified everything. <laughs> What have you transformed? See, the things that God wants you to change or to, to, to do away with, you don't want to. So that keeps you out of transformation. You still maintain modification. You can still meet and greet people. With a smile and say, blessed and highly favored. You know, give the Christian lies. Those are okay, though God understands. The whole time you're, you're miserable, you're on your way out. Man, you have even hesitated suicide. And you tell somebody, oh, I'm blessed and highly. You're lying, and it's a straight from the pits of hell just to keep you bound in what you're in. And because you're not willing to be transformed, but to modify your life, my friend, you will sit there forever and a day. Maybe even until the end of actually walking through with it. Don't say it don't happen. There are people that have defined themselves as Christian that there might be somebody right now under the gun that was at church just last Sunday, took communion, and they're sitting at home under a gun.
because pastors don't do their jobs. Because they're not teaching on transfer. They're just teaching on change. Oh, I see you, I see you quit smoking. So good for you. I'm not saying that's not an accomplishment in your life. See, y'all got to get out of your flesh for a minute and please get in the spirit and listen to me. Because that smoke ain't taking you up or down, man. Come on. It was because he was lifted up that all men would draw unto him. Some of you are walking around with this Moses and God's told you to take it to the mountain and die. Remember, I turned it on you. I made it symbolic of. Here's the good thing about it. You actually get to the point to where you trust God enough and you want to take possession of the promise did y'all remember, y'all remember the promise? Tommy, can you take me back to the promise that he gave Joshua? Go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Look at that. That boy's like lightning fast. Listen, listen to, will you listen to the promise? Stop putting Joshua here. This is for the Israelites. This is the promise of the Israelites. This is the promise of the church. This is the promise of you. Do you believe that? I mean, you got struggles in believing that. And this ain't mine, this is God's word. And you want to know why your life is still upside down. And you can't change anything. Because you don't even believe what God says. Every place. How many of you walk anywhere? You walk anywhere? You walked in here, didn't you? God give you the land. Right? Hey, just look back at your daddy and say, you've walked many more miles than I have. Do you believe that you got it? Give it to him. Don't, don't. Girl, just turn, I'll turn that thing around on him. Spin that table again. Everywhere that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you. Do you believe that? Watch this. Amanda, check this out. You've probably walked that entire hospital two, three, five, twelve times and got an Apple Watch with Fitbit to prove it. <laughs> Everywhere that your foot is trod in that hospital, he said, I. He didn't say, if you walk over here, I'll give. He said, every place that your sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given. Uh -uh. That's why you were able to walk on it to begin with. <laughs> See, y'all don't want me this morning. And I said to Moses, from, this, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down to, of the sun. So as far as east, as far as west. He said, I'm giving it to you. 
The problem is change. See, there's things in your life. Don't you know that before you can actually even walk into a possession, you have to be transformed? And anytime that there's transformation that takes place, something gets cut away. Oh. Come on, they, Moses was cut off. Was cut off. Can you imagine how distraught the Israelites were? Some have been following him for 40 years. Not all of them had died at this point. Some have been following for 40 years. This was their leader. Churches go upside down if a pastor leaves. Most cases, churches go poof. Why? Why? It's because the way you set your mentality. And if it ain't, well, if a pastor did, I mean, come on, I, boy, I've heard some of it. Great, time of day. Well, what did the pastor say about it? It doesn't matter. If somebody is appointed in authority, and I'm not there because I'm not God. I can't be in every place all the time. They got my heart. That's why they were. Or they better have if I missed it. But what they tell you or what they ask of you is as if I'm asking. And I know y'all have heard me say that. I've told it to my leaders. If my wife speaks, it's as if I'm speaking. Now, if she's out of place or out of line, don't you dare. I'll take care of that behind closed doors with my wife. But you get crazy, you'll watch me go upside down. Now, I'm not saying that to throw, I'm just telling you, this is just where it's at. I can't do this without her. Well, pastor, you got to do it with the Lord. Stop. We're one. And when we're not one, trust me, I know it. Because she tells me. <laughs> My mind just ran home. Come back! <laughs> Forgot where I was at. That made me break sweat right there. <laughs> I don't think I've ever blushed behind a pulpit. <laughs> Jesus help me scatter my thoughts where was we at see y'all y'all laughing at me y'all think it's funny I that go and the reason we don't get it
Y'all just hang on. I'm trying to gather my thoughts. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Oh. Did it just... Oh, they were just, they were distraught. I'm back. They were distraught. I mean, the one that had taken them this far for this long has now been separated. Opportunity for change has been presented. Uh-oh, wonder what will happen. Will they change? Because, see, the opportunity was presented when Moses walked in and said, I don't know why God chose me to deliver y'all out. If y'all in it, let's do it. Opportunity for change. They said, yes, freedom. They didn't know that freedom took, <laughs> they didn't know freedom took time. They didn't understand that freedom took wisdom. They just thought because they were out, they were free. No, they were still in the land. Remember, they, used, they would still desire the leeks and the onions. They still had that in their mouth. Just like us. You still have it in your heart to say this or to do that. Come on, church. You, you, you still, you're holding this Moses in you, and you're trying to modify this Moses just to go under the radar, but the Holy Spirit is so good, he got sonar. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us them bings. Because <laughs> it's worship. <laughs> anyway, and here they are again. They're presented with change. The difference was Moses' modification, Joshua transformation. Joshua represented Jesus, Yeshua. God saves He transforms. I can just see Joshua now having to look at these people and go, okay, get your stuff together. Don't talk about it. Don't complain about it. Don't be whining and crying. Three days, we gone. Moses has been doing it for 40 years and never said, get your stuff together, we going. He said, just do it how you want to do it and maybe we'll get there. It wasn't that Joshua was a better leader than Moses or Moses was better or worse than Joshua. It was just that Joshua was next. It's just like the season you're in. The season you're in now isn't the worst season that you've been in. It won't be the best season that you've been in. It's just the next season. What will you do with this next season? Because I promise you that God is putting you in a place in another season for change. He's trying to transform you for what's to come. Are you ready to take possession of what he's already get? Come on, church. We're so caught up in everything else that goes on around us, we don't want to transform nothing. And it's going to take that. 
The best part about this whole transformation, and I'm done, is that when God told Moses to go to the mountain and die, and he did, God buried him. Oh, Tommy, go to Jude. Go to Jude 7. Y'all forgot about that book. It's in the Bible. Jude 7. This is when John the Revelator was talking about everything that took place with Moses. And when Moses died, that the evil, that the dark world, the, the bunch of little demons and Satan himself, all these people of the dark world was wanting Moses' body. And the archangel, you there yet? It's just Jude verse 7. There's only one chapter. It's not coming up. We need to know that, that thing back there, demon possessed, not Tommy, the computer. If it won't pull up the Bible, we got to get another one. Hang on, I'll take you there. Jude 7. Yet Michael the archangel in contending with the devil. He was fighting against the devil. They, want, they wanted Moses' body and the archangel was like, uh-uh. Oh, it's nine, I'm sorry. Same difference. When he disputed about the body of Moses, he dared not bring anything up against the, revil the revealing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. The enemy even wanted Moses' body. This is the best part of this whole thing. If you ain't heard nothing else this morning, listen to this and I'll close. Now I got your attention. Y'all will think about donuts and coffee and, yeah, see, Chicken. Okay. Moses died. God killed him. God buried him. What are you carrying that's keeping you from transformation? Go to the mountain and die. And when you go to the mountain and die, you're basically surrendering. When you give it all up to God, God will take that which has been holding you captive for 40 years and He will bury it and bury it to the point that no man will ever find it again. Wouldn't you be so excited about not worrying about somebody coming up to you and bringing up the past? They still don't know where he was buried. And the archangel guard, come on church. If you're willing to let go, if you're willing to die, God will not only accept that and bury it and keep other people away from it, he'll set an angel on guard. There's just sometimes in life, man, I need God to take some stuff from me and just put it away. Just take it from me and put it away. And don't, don't, let, don't let it be recalled in my mind. Just put it away. 
And those that want to dig it up, contend against them. Fight them. Keep them back from finding me. See, that's not a modification. That's a transformation. Because you're willing. You've got the desire so much so that you're willing to say, God, just go ahead and let me go to the mountain and let it die. But you want to hold on to it, man. You want to hold on to your feelings and, and your emotions and your wrongdoings and your sin. You want to hold on to it and think that you've got it all. And God said that there's going to be a day that what you do in the dark. That's right. Play with your words. All, all you want. You play with your words. I'm doing it. No, you're lying. And God will find you out. And when it happens... You have to tend to it. It is better that you humble yourself before the hand of God than to have God humble you. Church, you, you better desire transformation. You better stop playing Christian. Uh, this is a warning. And I just, wow. This is what I just, I wish I had a sword, but this is what I just seen standing at the gates of heaven. You better change and you better find a way to do it through transformation. You'll never enter the kingdom. And before you go home and you say, well, pastor said, if I didn't do this, then I won't make it to heaven. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven. See, they were given, they were given an opportunity to possess the kingdom of heaven. Instead of God having to sprinkle blessings, they were able to walk in, ooh, they were able to walk in the blessings. We've gotten so tied up with little Sunday school stories. And I'm trying to give you big boy and big girl accounts. It wasn't that God was trying to give them a land. He was giving them an atmosphere to possess. It was the kingdom of heaven. Christ didn't die on the cross just so you could make it to the glory yonder. The Bible said that he was to save that which was lost, that not who, that. It was a thing that was lost. It was the kingdom of heaven that was lost. When, when Eve and Adam decided they were going to do it their way in the garden, they released all their authority they had in the kingdom. He, he had so much authority that whatever he spoke was It was the kingdom that was... Adam didn't lose his 
life literally. He lost it spiritually. Jesus came that we could have life and have it more abundantly, this life and what we live in in the flesh, but he came to save that which was lost. That was the kingdom of heaven on earth. That's why Jesus said when you pray, pray like this. That thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. We're content. God wants to change you. He wants you to be forever changed. Not in what you consider Christianity. I might be the only pastor that comes out against Christianity. It's a vulgar word anyway. It's never meant to praise you, but yet you carry that as your glory. And the Bible calls it Jehovah Nisi. He is my banner. If I could hit hit Satan in the mouth this morning, boy, I'd punch him right in the mouth. This pansy Christianity we live in. Because we're unwilling to change. We're unwilling to transform. Oh, we want to change. We do want to change. I'll give you that this morning so you feel good about yourself when you leave. You want to change, but you just want to do it by modification and not by transformation. I'm done. Because it's not going to go any further. He said everything he needs to say. My God, we've not gone this way before. And this, is, this was the whole key of why. Are y'all hearing me? See, I got excited about knowing that the reason I've not gone this way before is because I refused. It wasn't that God was holding anything back. He said, "What everything that I have, I'll give to you. I withhold nothing from you. And we want to sit back and go, well, maybe God's doing it. He ain't doing a new thing. There's nothing new under the sun. He's just allowing you the opportunity for it to be revealed to you that you might be able to walk into it and not only experience it, but possess it. Full of the Holy Spirit and power. I mean, what would you think if when you walk down the streets that God actually allowed your words to manifest? Some of you would run because of what you said. But what if you had the wisdom? And the understanding that what you spoke. I mean, sometimes I wonder about that because that, there went my head again. What is a platypus? What in the world was Adam drinking? He named, 
The Bible said that he let every animal pass through, and he called it what it was. Do you know how many animals are out? Maybe he just run out of words. <laughs> he said, ah, platypus. <laughs> right? Thank you. Right? Guys, honestly, would you really consider this seriously? And ask yourself, what would I do with the possession that he's given me to possess? What could change in my life if I was able to walk in the possession of what he's given me. What would change in my life besides everything? See, it doesn't really hit home until we're put in a, a place of stress, high stress. See, if I was to walk up in here and put a gun to your head, and put a 45 right to the side of your head and say, you're either going to change this or you die. And you got like two, you got two minutes. You got two minutes to change your life over. Two minutes. Here's a phone. Call, do whatever you got. You got two minutes and I'm pulling the trigger. I guarantee you the words you speak out of your mouth would not be in vain. I guarantee you that you would be speaking life and not death. I didn't mean to pull you out of crowd. We good? <laughs> All right, good. Right? I mean, we, we, we live in this thing outside the possession. And oh, it's exciting when God answers a prayer for us. And we just go, oh, he prayed, he answered the prayer. Well, good. He'll answer every one of them. I can't believe I went to the mailbox and I got a check and I would have never thought that they would have ever sent me a check and they sent me a check just enough to cover the rent. Well, bless God, isn't he awesome? What if he'd done that every day? And some of you went, let me go home and pray about that one. <laughs> hey, God, send me a check every day, would you? And God's going, hey, why don't you go to work, would you? <laughs> Debbie? No ding, no ding. I'm done. She looked at me kind of crazy. You ever seen that movie, Crazy Eyes on it? And he's, never mind. We'll leave it alone. God's so good to us. If he's not good enough to you, he's good enough to me. Everything I need, he's got it. Everything I desire, my prayer is that he gives it to me. Not what I desire, but the desire to desire what it is. With me? Because see, if he'll give you the desires in your heart, and those are the things that you go after, you're lining yourself up with heaven. I told you I was done 20 minutes ago, didn't I? You're lining yourself up with heaven. What happens when you line up with heaven? 
have been manifest. But see, when we chase our desire outside of God's will, and then we ask God to bless it, we're probably doing it in vain. Because the Bible says, I love the Bible because it says a lot. Lest God build the house, those who build it labor in vain. See, you can't go and just do your thing and ask God's blessing. Why don't you ask God that you want to do his thing and then the blessing's automatic? All right, I'm done. Come back, we'll see you on, what's today, Sunday? Today's Sunday. What What are you mumbling about? Uh, see you when Mo- Monday? He said when? No, days Tuesday, Monday, uh, Friday. Just never mind. <laughs> so we have nothing going on tomorrow. Tomorrow is tomorrow is Monday. We have stuff Tuesday, so we'll see those. Oh, at six thirty. Set your alarm. Six thirty, and then. Uh, then Wednesday, and then Thursday. So basically, it's Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nothing? All right, well, go home and enjoy Memorial Day. Be safe. Don't drink a whole lot. Eat a bunch. What? Oh, oh, don't forget Elijah on Saturday. Man, that took away one of my things. I rebuke that. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Father, for everything that you've done in this house, everything that you're doing inside of us individually. God, would you awaken that which is dead in us, that, Father, that it would stand to its feet and live again? God, that you would give us vision, that you would give us ambition, that you would give us wisdom to carry out that which you've called us to. God, don't let us look to the left nor to the right. But, Father, keep our eyes stayed on you. Teach us how to lift our head so that we can see to where our help comes from. Father, I bless your people. Father, may everything that they touch flourish. And Father, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.